0: So, this is the fourth and final week of a series that I started uh, recently on talking about balance. And I want to thank uh, those that have given some real positive feedback on how the series has been helping you to kind of grab a hold of some things that are important. One of the things that I mentioned as I started the series is if we incorporate the principles in this series. I believe that our 2017 will be better than the year that we've had, any year that we've had before this because we all need balance in our lives. Amen. When we're not in balance, we're out of control. When our lives are not in balance, we're living a life of chaos. And so we need the, 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 the balance that comes from God to guide us in our everyday lives, in our our weekly uh, uh, things that we have set out to do. And uh, and I started with uh, talking about the importance of something we call the BIGs at Living Word. And and the BIGs is an acronym. And the B stands for the best Sunday worship experience that we could have. When God's people come together, good things happen. God, we invite his presence into our midst. Shauna talked about that when we were worshiping. And so when when we start out our week, because Sunday is the beginning of the week, when we start out the week coming before God, together, great things are going to happen. And we talked about that on on Sunday, first day of the week, that God will speak to us to help us throughout the week. How many of you have gone to a, a, a church service and God has spoken to you through a message? Anyone in here? And so you come and you hear the message, and it really speaks to your heart, speaks to your life. And so we found out that when you don't have that, hear me now, when you don't have that in your life, you're out of balance, right? And then we talked about the I. The I stands for investing one day a week to a small group. Notice the importance right there. One day a week. Not every day, but one day. And so one day, because in a large service, you cannot Really talk amongst each other. You can't ask questions. But in a small group, you can talk to each other. You can build each other up, encourage each other. And that's so important. In fact, I was talking to our leadership team this morning before we prayed. And I mentioned to them about our small group uh, there in San Manuel. and, And one of the things that stood out last week is, and this is constant, People are always going through maybe a difficulty in life or you're going through a challenge or maybe even something positive happens. One of the great things about our small group is you can, we have a group uh, uh, text message and it's amazing how they're always talking about how amazing God is, first of all, doing things in their life or w- that they need prayer and how thankful they are for each other. So we need a small group in our lives. Without that, we're out of balance, And then I talked last week about how important it is for us, the G, to give our family what they need. And what what our family needs more than anything is what? Our time. And so we don't tell people at Living Word to spend every day in church. We don't say we have a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday service. We have a Sunday worship service. Service and we come together, and then we don't tell everybody to go to small group Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We tell people to invest one day a week because you need to spend time with your family. And if you're not spending time with your family, they're spending time somewhere else. And if you're not pouring into your family, someone else is going to be pouring into your family. And if you have the wrong people pouring into your family, your family are going to be geared and directed in the wrong direction so that's so important and then today today we're going to talk about the s the s is simply striving to make an impact in our communities it's striving to make an impact in our cities in our towns in our world and when we make an impact in our world our world is a better place but what usually happens is is that we talk about how bad our country is, or we talk about how bad our cities are, or our state, instead of doing something about it. Amen? And God calls us to do something about it. So today we're going to be looking at at that important thing. I want to pray, and then we're going to go into the message. Father, thank you for every person here. Thank you that you're here, Lord God. Thank you for your presence that we feel and we sense through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your son, our Lord Jesus, who gives us forgiveness, but also gives us an avenue to where we can approach you face to face. And so we come in the name of Christ. I pray your blessing over everything that's spoken here today. I pray your blessing over everything that's heard here today. And I pray your blessing over how we take this message and utilize it in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Amen. So today I'm going to talk about three ways... That God's people should strive to make a difference in our communities. Three ways in which God's people should strive to make a difference in our communities. The first way that we should strive to make a difference is by understanding that positive change in my town, in my city, always starts with me. Change never comes. It never comes to a community. It never comes to a city. It never comes through a town, unless someone takes action. You know, we have people in our in our in our uh, um, congregation. We got we have people that are sitting here today that they are community leaders. Some people in here are volunteer community leaders. They some of them lead the community center. In in Oracle, some people are leading in, in different avenues in schools. Some people are leading in maybe the libraries, and they're volunteering in different places. And every one of these individuals has taken it upon themselves to make a difference in their community. And because God dwells with his people, everywhere we go, we make a difference. Jesus said something that is so important to us. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. He told, his, he told his followers that very important thing. Now, they understood that salt was very positive. And then he said this. He said, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown and trampled under your feet. And so God tells us that salt is very important because God has always called his people, whether Old Testament, New Testament, to make a positive change wherever they went. Joseph made a positive difference in Egypt. Did you know that? He saved the world by God's Allowing him to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. He saved that known world. Jonah was sent where? To Nineveh. And as he went to Nineveh, he made a positive difference in Nineveh. Daniel was sent to Babylon. And when he was sent to Babylon, Daniel made a very positive difference wherever he went. Peter, in the New Testament, was sent to the Jews. And he was the apostle to the Jews. He made a very positive difference to the community of the Jewish people. Paul... The apostle Paul was sent to the Gentiles. And Paul made an impact in the lives of the Gentiles. Jesus told every person that's a follower of him that you go into your world and you make disciples of all people. And so God calls us to be salt. Why is that important? Because salt brings a positive change into whatever it comes into contact with. Salt. Salt is very important, and I want to talk about salt. Salt has three amazing qualities in bringing positive change. The first quality that salt has is that salt is a preservative. There's some young people in our service. In fact, today's uh, student serve Sunday, and you've noticed that we, our praise team was filled with youth, and you notice that we had ushers that were youth. We notice that, uh, you know, there's youth that are serving right now in the children's center. They're teaching and things like that. They're making a positive impact. So there's some young people here today, and I want you to know something. Young person, let me tell you something. You're going to freak out when I tell you this. Because you go every day to this, this, this uh, uh, piece of, uh, of hardware, and you go in there, and we take it for granted. But before, you, before there was ever a refrigerator... There was a time when there was no refrigerators. Can you believe that? But before there was even an icebox, let's go back a little bit further. So Shirley remembers the iceboxes. That's a good thing. That dates you girl. So young people are saying, what's that? Oh well, that's an icebox. It's like an igloo, like an ice chest that everyone had. But before that, the way that they preserved things was with salt. And when you had meat, they would put the salt on the meat so that it would not spoil. Jesus t- t- told his disciples but he's telling us, you are the salt of the earth. You see, beloved, this is so important. When you serve your community in Jesus' name, that's not, the, that's not what I want to say. You need to know that our world will rot without God and Jesus. The world around us needs to be preserved through the power of God. And before you come to Christ, you know exactly where you were at one time, that everything that you said, everything that you did was so much different than what it is now because God came into your life and he began to preserve you from the inside out. You need to be in your world because when you're in your world, you keep it from rotting. That's why God didn't call us to be in the four walls of the church. God wants us to be the church to our world to keep it from rotting. The second quality that salt is, is it is a seasoning. Everything tastes better when we put salt on it. And we usually don't stop eating salt because we want to. Usually we stop eating salt because we go to the doctor. And the doctor said, your sodium intake is way too high... And you need to, when you leave here, I want you to stop putting so much salt on your, on your meals. In fact, some, some say stop putting salt, period. And when you leave the doctor's office, you're driving home thinking, what in the world am I going to do? What am I going to eat? Right? Now, when you serve your community in Jesus' name, You bring the taste and the flavor of God without saying a word. When you serve your community and you do it for God, when you're in there, you are the salt of the earth. You bring the flavor and the taste of God without saying a word. In fact, a lot of times, the worst thing that you can say before you gain the trust of people is to talk too much. The best... Amen. The best thing you can do is to act it out and let people see the difference and the change in your life. And they'll say, there's something so different about this individual. There's a taste that you bring to the world around you. That's why it's important for us to serve. The third quality that salt has is it makes people get thirsty. You see, when I go to the movies, I enjoy a bag of popcorn. Well, let me be honest, I enjoy a tub <laughs> of popcorn. And so we, we go to the movies and we we pay, you know, what, eight bucks to get into the movie, and then we pay what eighteen bucks for a tub of popcorn. <laughs> but but you're smart. You gotta be smart about it. You gotta get the 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 meal deal. So they have, you know, everyone has a meal deal. So they've got the popcorn and the the 32ounce or 44ounce soda combined. So instead of paying 25 bucks for the popcorn and soda, you pay 23 bucks because you got a deal and you're happy about it. <laughs> and popcorn popcorn always tastes better when you spend 10 bucks for it. I don't know there's something about the $10 popcorn. So they ask you, "Do you want butter in it?" And you say, duh, yeah. I'm paying 18 bucks, put a burrito in it too." So <laughs> I want my popcorn enchilada style, please. <laughs> <laughs> so you get your popcorn, and then, of course, they put what? They put salt, seasoning, and then you go and you sit down and you watch the movie, and you and your honey, my, my wife and I will always share the tub of popcorn, and she'll say, please don't put butter in And then Whenever she walks away, I'll go... And so we'll sit down and we'll start eating the popcorn when we're watching the movie. And guess what it does to me? It makes me thirsty. And that's exactly what we are to the world around us. We're like the greatest tub of popcorn you've ever had. That when people are around you, they say, man... This is so good. I love being around this person. I love being around them. There's something about them. And then they get thirsty. And Jesus said this. Jesus, He stood and he shouted to the crowds. I love this, to the crowds. He said, anyone who is thirsty, come to me. And there's people all around us, all around. I'm not talking about in the church. I'm talking about in our world. In our communities, that they are thirsting. They need to be quenched. And the only one that's going to quench their thirst is Jesus. Jesus said, I am living water. He'll quench our thirst forever. But we've got to continually be going into our communities. We've got to continually make a difference wherever God plants us. So that he can be glorified and we need to be salt. The second way that we make a difference and we strive to make a difference is that we shine bright by illuminating Christ wherever we go. What good is it, beloved, if we shine bright in the church all the time? If we come in and we get together and everyone's shining bright, everyone's happy, everyone's worshiping, doing things. But what good is it if we don't go and take this to the world where it's dark, and they need the light of God. I know how important light is. There's many of you in here that know how important light is. If you worked as an underground miner, you know how important light is. We get onto the cage. It's a big elevator, right? A 100 men, 50 on one side, 50 on another. They line you up like like cattle, Six, six in each row. And you poke each other's stomach. Hey, hey, stop it. And they do other things. Hey, don't be doing that. My wife's gonna get mad. That's what miners do. We go underground and you and you know how important that your light was because when you got into the station, the station is where the landing, where you're going, whichever level you're going to, you get there and you go into the station. There's a lot of lights, like walking into the sanctuary, but beyond that, there's a tunnel and it is pitch black dark. And you do this. You turn on the, the, the your lamp, you adjust it, because you can open it, you can bring it tight, you, you adjust it, and you go on the mantra, or whatever you're going to go, and you go to your place. You understand the importance of the light. I was in a, I was, one of the, one of my uh, testimonies is I was in a, in a, um, in a uh, transfer race. I was driving a race. That's when you drive a tunnel from one, one level to another. And you go up there and you blast and everything. And, and so it's a, it's a very dangerous job. But I was up there and about 40 feet up. And I was, I, was, uh, I, was tamping my, I was loading my round. So I was tamping the dynamite with my six-foot stick that you have. And you, you get all your, your, your dynamite put in. Your, we call it powder. And as I'm tamping it, my light began to go. It, the, the battery was starting to go down. I had a very minimal light. Very minimal. But can I tell you, minimal light in the darkness is a lot better than no light. (laughs) And I got down, I finished my round and went home, and I thanked God for the light. Now, can I tell you something, beloved? We go into a lot of dark places in this world. We need our light to shine. Because people around us that are walking in darkness... They're stumbling over all of their choices. They're stumbling all of, all, over all of their hurts. They're stumbling all of the, over all of the things that they're going through. And you are the light of God. We cannot keep that in the four walls of the church. Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. A town that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. And I love this. I love it because there's two key words there when we shine bright. The first one is you. It it, it talks individually. You are the light of the world. That means that every person in here has the possibility to be that lamp that I had on my heart hat to shine bright in a world that is filled, filled with darkness. The second key word that I see is just that world. It says, shine bright. You are the light. Go into the where? The world. God calls His people to leave the confines of a church building of a church setting and to shine bright wherever we go. So about a week ago there were two marches in Washington. One march, one march was very a lot of vulgarity, a lot of really bad responses coming out of it. got a lot of coverage the next day there was another march this march was a lot more peaceful they were marching for a cause that was kind of a united cause talking about the importance of life the importance of promoting that they were very positive in how they said it it was very it was it was very uh uh, 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 uh can i say this there was a lot of light that permeated from there i don't even have to tell you guys which ones they were you can see that in the news Here's the reality is that we all grab a hold of the fact that we can be a light or we can be darkness. And can I, let me say this from another perspective. We all need to grab a hold of this. Grab, hear me now. Please, if, if you're in here and, and there's a wall, let me, let me just say this. All of us, everyone in here has come out of a place that God has taken us out and changed our lives. I'm not saying in any way that there's good and bad people. All of us fall short of the glory of God. There is not a difference between church people and unchurch people. The only difference between us is that some have trusted in Jesus as the light of the world, and he begins to work inside our hearts and change us from the inside out. That is so important for us to understand. Look at what Jesus kept on saying. He He said, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In other words, he says, you have the light in you. And the light that you have is my presence being manifested in you. Do not hide this light from the world around you. You need to begin to go out and be the person I called you to be so that people see a noticeable difference. And they begin to know that I love them. I care for them. And I can change their lives too. I thought about this. I've got notes that I put together and i put it i don't put them back in backstage because they would do me no good i put them right here right on top of this this table why because they're good for me i look at them they help me they would not help me over there now that's the same thing with us we're a light not because of us but because of god and wherever we go we can be the source of god to a world that needs jesus we're not the answer to the world jesus is we need to let that light shine Every good thing we do, we do it for the glory of Jesus. Jesus said this in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I love the way that Dwight Moody put it. Dwight Moody is kind of a hero of mine. Wonderful uh, expositor of God's word. But he said this, we are told to let our light shine. And if it does, we don't need to tell everybody it does. Lighthouses don't fire cannons to call attention to their shining. They just shine. You don't have to announce that you're a Christian. You don't have to announce, oh, John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that if anyone will believe in him, they shall not perish but have everlasting life. No, that is the word of God. That's the word of truth, and it's wonderful. But can I tell you, with an unsaved person, they need to know that you care. They need to know that you love them right where they're at. They need to know that they're special in God's sight without having to preach to them, but for them to know that you love them because God loves them. The third way that we, that we make a difference in our community is we do more and we talk less. You see, we need to quit making excuses about why you can't serve your town and your city. And we need to do something about it. We need to quit talking about how bad our country is, how bad our towns are, how bad our, 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 our uh, cities are. And we need to do something positive. I love what James said. James said this. Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half starved. And you say, good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? You see, God always points his people to do less talking and more walking. And the reason for that is because talk is cheap. The greatest victories that I've ever had in my life with those who were the hardest against God were the ones that I heard the Small, still voice of the Holy Spirit, tell me, love them. The individual, let me tell you, the hardest individual that was so anti-God, so anti-Christ in my life that God brought into my life that when I began to associate with him, he would cuss me out, tell me, you know what, your God is, there is no God, this and that, and, and say all kinds of obscenities and things like that. As I walked away one day, and went into the yard as he was in the house. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, Love him and serve him. Don't say anything back. Months went by. He ended up coming and staying with me for a while. He was impacted so greatly by people of, of Christ in this church that he went back to his community and talked about how this is real. There's something real about this this life that we're living. Where before he said, you know what, you're a phony and you're a baloney. But God began to show him how real it is because I talked less and did more. This past week, I went and spent some time with him. And before I left, I said, do you want me to pray? I said, do you want me to pray with you? He's never, ever let me pray with him before. And he looked at me and he said, As I said, Do you want me to pray with you? Because I'm going to leave right now. And he said, If you want to. That was his way of saying, Yes, I really want you to pray. Because before he would, you know, (laughs) throw me the bird. I prayed with him, I left, and God is still working in that. Now he hasn't said to me, I'm a Christian, he hasn't said anything like that. But he has been impacted one moment at a time. We need to talk less. And do more. There's a world around us, and they need to have the impact of God in their life. So you see, God, I love how Craig Rochelle said this. He said, God is not calling us to go to church, He is calling us to be His church, which is the hope of the world. Now, it's wonderful when we come together in church, amen? But it's a lot more wonderful when we go out of these four walls and we go be the church for people that need God. I need Christ. People will not change overnight. Communities don't change overnight. Communities that are hardened to the gospel, they need the, the ground of their towns to be cultivated by actions of service. Our communities don't care how much we know till they know how much we care. So here's some action steps. Here's some action steps. The first action step of of three is we can all serve our community individually. You don't need anyone else to make a difference in your town or the schools in your town. Every person has a God-given talent and a skill set that God has given you as an individual. And you're either going to use it for God's glory or you're going to bury it in the dirt. And what I mean by that is that talent that God has given each one of us, we're either going to use it for positive or it's going to go with us when we die. And all of us have a destination with that ratio, right, with that, with that uh, event, which is death. And either we're going to pour the talent that God gave us and make our world a better place or they're going to bury it whenever we go home. The second step is you serve your community as a family. One of the best ways to train your children to appreciate their communities is by serving alongside of them. You want your kids to value your town, your city? Have them serve alongside their parents. It's a wonderful way that they build fun memories, and they impact their world, and they will never ever forget it. You find community events. you find community activities where they're doing some good and you join together as a family and you honor God and you honor them. The third step is you serve your community as a church. At Living Word Chapel we try to have at least one we always have one but we try to have one or two serve projects every year the bible says therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all people in those services we have made it our goal in those community uh, services we we make it our goal to try to target our community schools and we've gone into mountain vista and we've painted uh, uh, classrooms we've landscaped we've gone into uh, san Manuel high school and we've done all kinds of work this year, we're going to do the same thing on February the 18th. I want you to jot this down. I want you to put this down. On February 18th, we're going to get together as a church, and not only our campus, but the Copper Corridor, and we're going to reach out to our schools, and we're going to do everything we can to make our schools a better place by painting the classrooms, by landscaping, by helping in any way that we can. San Manuel Schools, Mountain Vista Oracle School, and then we're going to go to the Copper Corridor to Hayden High School and their grade schools, and we're going to serve them with the service of God. And can I tell you something? I believe, I believe that our world will be a better place. Now, here hear the balance. I want you to grab a hold of the logic. Here's the logic. We need balance in God. Our life. If you spend all your time in church, you're out of balance. If you spend all your time with your family, you're out of balance. And if you spend all your time doing community service without being with your family and without being a part of the church, you're out of balance. If you can hold grab a hold of of these principles, it will make your 2017 the best year it's ever been. Will you bow your heads? We serve a God who is so amazing. I wanna ask you a question. Would you like to have your life filled with God and filled with Jesus? Would you like to embrace his purpose and his direction for your life? To have your shortcomings and your failures forgiven? You know, you can leave this service filled with God today. And Jesus desires to help you with all that you have going on in your life. And if you're here today and you're saying, I need this, I need God, I invite you to open up your heart and open up your life to God and to pray this with me. Just a simple prayer to God. It says, God, I, I need you in my life. I'm tired of trying to live my life without you. And, Lord, you know me. You know that I'm far from perfect. But I'm asking you to forgive me of my shortcomings and my failures. And today I turn to you and I confess that Jesus died on the cross at Calvary for every single one of my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And today I receive your forgiveness and today I receive your presence and today I receive everything you have for me. And I choose to follow Jesus in the fellowship of the church from this day forward. I pray this in his name. And everyone said, amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.